chocolate milk doesn't get the credit it deserves. And then when you drink it, you remember why it's one of your favorite drinks. Agree or disagree? I would agree. It's super good. Um, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Oatly chocolate milk. It's just creamy. It's, it's got a lot of sugar, which is great for getting you, getting your energy levels back up. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard to beat. Better than Gatorade. I would, I would definitely pick an Oatly chocolate milk over Gatorade every time. Every time. So you've just run, you've, you've just finished a marathon and you're going to go with chocolate milk over. A hundred percent. I'll double down. Wow. Pour, pour it over me. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. we got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Footy Fellas Pod, F-O-O-T-Y, Fellas Pod. Today, we are discussing all of the Euro 2020 action to this point. So many good games, upsets, teams returning to and falling from power. We've got banter a sponsor, a game, and one week to make up for since we didn't post an episode last weekend. What happened? What happened to us? What's our excuse? Do we need an excuse? Your excuse, I believe it was uh, your mic wasn't really working as well. Um, and and so we didn't want to we didn't want to deliver a product to the fans that um, was less than perfect. And so we waited. I think that was it. Quality over quantity. Let's go with that. It's a good excuse. Well, Jones, you haven't been drinking chocolate milk recently, but you have been drinking Pedialyte. Yes. How is that going for you? It's uh, it's doing it's doing the trick. So, uh, to all my fofs out there, I've been saving you some of my my bathroom selfies from the past twenty four hours. But um, I have uh, I have gone through the gauntlet that is food poisoning. And uh, it started. It started with a innocent Mediterranean meal, some hummus and chicken from a locale here in Chicago that um, that didn't go over well. Went south. It went. It went north and south. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it started oh, off God. north and then it went south and was south for a while. Um, today, today is the is is day two, uh, and we're doing much better. I just I just housed two bananas. Um, and a whole Pedialyte and I'm, I'm feeling, um, like a, I'm solid. It, if you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm getting solid is all I'm saying. Um, so that's where I'm at. Living it up. La vida loca. Woo. Woo. Hey, I'm jealous. I'm actually, no, I feel really bad Jones. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That that's terrible. It was, it was, it was fine. I think I, I was I was in hindsight because we had Friday off. It was nice to, I guess, have Sunday be a day where I'm getting better as opposed to Monday being the day that I'm back and you know slowly eating things, whatever. So, yeah. Um, so here's the question, Jones. Yes. Hey, you're the head coach of a big college football team. You guys win the championship. Your team's bringing over the big uh, 
a jug of liquid to dump over you. Do you want it orange Gatorade or orange Pedialyte? Um, probably Gatorade because, because I think the Pedialyte, I think the Pedialyte issue would be just pricing. I don't think we we could really. I don't think my programs are going to have enough money to, to make that, um, that work. Um, maybe maybe if we're successful enough for for long enough, we can we can work into the Pedialyte sponsorship. But I don't think at the at the onset that that they're going to be able to meet what Gatorade can give us. Well, it's better than what Eli told me. Eli said he prefers a Pepto Bismol uh, full jug dumped on him. Oh so. God, just. Think, of, think about how replenishing that is for your body. Think about how you talk about athletes like LeBron, prime physical shape. How? Because he takes care of his body. If you care about your coach and you care about their recovery, why not dump them with a bath of Pedialyte, with a bath of Pepto-Bismol, with a bath of straight-up electrolytes in their purest form, literal atoms? Why not go out and purchase some of the highest quality chemistry man-made atoms ions and just dump it on their head so that they get replenished to the maximum that's just my take though that you make good arguments there eli on the other end of the spectrum from jones's weekend experience and pedialyte adventures is the bo burnham special which is just an all-around great time have you seen it i see inside on netflix no i've not Wow, it is absolutely worth your time. I was going to mini plug it if you haven't seen it, so I'll do that now. And also say that all of the songs are still stuck in my head. I watched it during last week, or maybe even a week and a half ago, and every song is still traversing around in my head. It's taking up real estate. I see. Are you familiar with Bo Burnham? I am. uh, The name is familiar. I cannot picture who this is. You know what the situation makes me think of, Eli? This this feels like a um, this feels like a um, what is it? Tim Anderson? I think you should leave. Situation. I think this is one of those things where if we didn't bring this up, Icy would probably hit us up in maybe three to four <laughs> <Two> weeks, <months. laughs> yeah. maybe a couple months, and he'd be like, yeah. "Guys, you need to see. <laughs> Have you heard of you? You guys know who Bo Burnham is." Would it be like it's getting wait. pretty? It's entering the mainstream. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is, this is he's totally familiar. Um, what is he? Didn't he have a special before or something that I did something very similar? Giants, I was like, hey, have you guys seen this? It rocks. <laughs> yes, he had what was one of them, and there was another one, wasn't there? There was two. Happy yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah, they're happy have, something. I was gonna say make 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 it, happy make happy make happy. Funny. He's funny. I think I've also seen him in a movie or a show. Definitely, definitely has a a known presence in the in the comedy world scene. But this one came out a couple of weeks ago, maybe. Um, it has been rocking. It's been really rocking the Gen Z world because it's very aesthetically built to them, and it makes fun of a lot of their consumption, like media consumption habits. It's very socially aware. Yes, yes. I you'll I think you'd we both agree that you would get a big kick out of it. Well, all right, heck yeah. it'd be interesting. It's a it's a head scratcher. Makes you think. You got a platform for the uh, FOFs? The old Netflix. And chill, Bo Baggins. Perfect. 
Chilbo Baggins while watching Bo Burnham while watching Chilbo Burnham. It's quality, but the songs, the the soundtrack, which is always what he's been known for since his early YouTube days, producing these comedic songs, they're just so well written, and his voice is good enough that the songs themselves sound great, and now they're really stuck in my head, and I find myself singing the same three or four lines from a couple different songs over and over again while just walking around, and I really think it's starting to annoy Meredith, my girlfriend. <laughs> so... <laughs> So any advice from you guys on how to get something out of your head that's stuck in your head would be huge. I mean, is it me or is it her? Like, who's wrong? <laughs> yeah. If you could just give me some advice on how to deal with this issue communication-wise, because they can't get out of my head. Big time fan. Been listening to the pod for a long time. First time submission. Love this song. I don't know if I love my girlfriend as much, though. Who do I choose? Thank you, Eli. Well, Eli, it sounds like a common problem we hear here on the pod um fortunately this time we have icy the love maker the love doer here to help soothe any of your your qualms icy does does eli double down on his beats or 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 does he need to switch the studio eli 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 if meredith your girlfriend truly loves you then she would want you to always be happy and if bo burnham's wonderful snazzy tunes are what's making your heart full at this moment in time she needs to accept that and she needs to allow you to belt those tunes those jams as often and as loud as possible so that you can be your best self if meredith doesn't get that then you guys need to have a really long talk about anything, right? Just about it's, anything. It's just a long talk is the point. Yeah. Like the duration yep. of the talk. Okay, good, cool. Nice. That was great. Thank you, man. That's great advice. And it looks like, oh, maybe we'll tackle this question next week from another listener who said, I dumped a jug of Pedialyte on my girlfriend while she was sleeping as a joke, and now she's pissed. What do I do? I don't think we have time this week to get to that, though. No. Or do we? No, I'm looking at the clock. It looks like it's not enough time. No. Just burning through time right now it's already time for last week today is what you're saying yeah absolutely okay all right well you know that means tony last week today and we're gonna start with something non-sports related and that is happy juneteenth our newest official holiday and a very important recognition of a moment in time in our history i know some people officially had friday off from work or found other ways to celebrate and for people like myself who hadn't known about this date in history the emancipation of slaves in Texas hundreds of years ago, uh, the knowledge and materials being shared online and perspectives on what it means to so many African-Americans who may have had ancestors enslaved or live this day in any number of personal ways is truly enlightening. So I wanted to mention that. Now to soccer, only a couple of competitions happening at the moment. We've got Copa America, two groups, five teams each, group A and group B. Group A is Brazil, Colombia, Venezuela, Ecuador, and Peru in that order in this moment. Group B is Argentina, Chile, Paraguay, Uruguay, and Bolivia. No surprise, in Group A, Brazil is crushing it. Two wins in their first two games, sitting on top with six points. Colombia, also in Group A, solid so far with four points. Group B, we've got Argentina and Chile tied up top, both with four points drawing against each other in their first match, actually one-to-one. 
two matches to go for most teams, and then on to the quarterfinals. Also mention that for Argentina, Lionel Messi, someone we've chatted about plenty of times on this podcast, he's had some nice free kicks, some nice assists, and we wouldn't expect anything less from the GOAT himself. NWSL action. The Orlando Pride have been on a tear to start the regular season, 11 points in five games and wins in three of their last four. They have a big matchup this weekend with Gotham FC, finalists in the Challenge Cup, also having a good start to the regular season. The Portland Thorns, winners of that Challenge Cup, are second in the table with nine points, tied with the Washington Spirit. A team that has come up big time since that Challenge Cup is the Chicago Red Stars, our Chicago Red Stars, who sit in fourth with eight points. They're still struggling to score goals, but grinding out a couple of quality results So we're still early on in the NWSL season, but it's definitely picking up, heating up. Make sure you're following that action. We'll keep you updated. Lastly, Euro 2020. We're going to get into this for our main topic today. So I'm just going to stop it there. I'll let Tony pause the music a bit early. Thank you, Eli. That was a great rundown. That was perfect. Thank you, brother. Uh, Now, one thing I think you did leave out, you didn't specifically mention them by name, which is sort of a slap to my face, but I'll let it slide. Uh, MNUFC played last night. And looks like they came away with a draw. Uh, Foffs, why I didn't know the score immediately is because I was watching an amazing NBA game seven between the Bucks and the Nets. Turned out to be a thriller. Uh, but bummer, MNUFC didn't get the W. A point though. Yeah, you know, I didn't mention MLS. Obviously, a lot of MLS action going on. And we were actually looking at the standings, Jones and I, last night, lamenting how both MNUFC and our Chicago Fire are second to last in, in their respective divisions. And how that's... Uh, oh, Minnesota, after their draw, is now third to last. I take it back. Yes. <laughs> but Thank you for the clarification. Sad on both fronts. We watched a bit of the Fire game yesterday on TV against Columbus and... They just got outplayed. So that was tough. And maybe we'll get more excited about MLS once our teams start to bring back up their uh, their play, start to move up in the standings. There is a lot of great games. I know the Sounders and uh, there's a big game last night. Who was it? Ah, Sounders LA Galaxy. And the Sounders edged out the Galaxy 2-1. to one. So they are... So they've solidified their spot on top of the Western Conference, unquestionably the best team in the MLS right now. And we'll see if they will just make it another Seattle Sounders year in full. What's the other big soccer news I was thinking about? Ah, the Chicago Fire rebrand, the logo rebrand that we posted our thoughts on Instagram. They have done a new logo. So now two logos in two years, two logos in three years. Yeah, maybe it's three. Three years. Maybe they had a little bit more. Um yeah, there's some. They, they just put out some more some more photos of the actual like stitching of the logo, um, and they they did it they did it like for each of the Chicago teams. So they put it with a background that matched like the Blackhawks or the the Bulls. Um, and it's it's starting to it's starting to wear on me a little bit. It's starting to to grow on me. I'm I'm appreciating it. Um, but I got to see what the next New Jersey kind of looks like with it. How that that works together. I think a lot of people want more of the red. People want red in there. It's a very blue-centric logo, but yeah, we'll see in time. Looking good, though. Looking positive. So as to advertising, marketing guys, fellas, 
What is the reasoning, do you think, for the multiple rebrands, just back to back to back, it seems? Is it, you know, are they looking at jersey sales or are they looking at merch sales? And they're like, why aren't we selling? We need a better logo. When personally, I think you should be focusing on your team <laughs> because uh, teams do What sell. are you trying to say? What's your point? Get to your point. You're kind of like dancing around something. I don't like it. <laughs> is there, in your view, uh, you think a good reason why they're doing this? You're just to just to stay in the media, you know, maybe even just to stay relevant, kind of. <laughs> that would be that would be way too ballsy for the fire. That'd be incredible. But no, I think the first, if I'm not mistaken, and there there's layers to this, so I'm probably missing something. Mistaken. Yes. Uh, so I'm probably wrong, actually. This whole interpretation, but the logo was changed the first time around, like two years ago. Um. My my questioning was whether it was because of new owners. I'm trying to remember if that was the case that the 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 Mansueto family had just bought it, and so then they also were like changing the team up and changed the logo. It could have very well been the logo was changed um, a little prior to the Mansuetos, and the Mansuetos came and they were like, okay, let's not do that. But point is to answer your question, I see they were trying to adapt the fire logo at some point to meet the new branding needs of this 21st century that are more sleek and elegant which you'll see across all of europe with like juventus or man city or any other type of bigger club that's made that transition and the fire tried to do the same but what the fire also forgot was to consult their fans and so that logo that they just had they put out two years ago or whatever had a ton of backlash ton and ton of backlash and so their promise to make up for it was by having this new logo, which they've been touting over and over again, has been consulted by all of these fan groups, all of these Chicago natives scattered throughout the US, the world, whatever, that all of them were able to provide their input so that they could make this this logo. Um, and then to, to your point, though, all of the comments have been saying things, one of three things. One is much better than the last one. This looks like a Cubs logo or my favorite. Why don't you focus on the team? Why are we focused on the logo? Cause our team sucks. So those have been the main three you've nailed. We've all nailed one of those multiple here. choice. It's, it's great, but yeah, Chicago fire holding down last or close to last. <laughs> That's actually the new motto too. It is. And they've gotten some backlash. Surprisingly, <laughs> that's the new team. They didn't consult anyone. They didn't consult them. No, For no. some reason, they thought right. that would like motivate the players. They're kind of like negging their own players. Right, right. But hey. Because if they'd asked Chicagoans, Chicagoans would have said. Yeah. Something like. Something like, uh, check out the Midwest because it's the best West. Nice. Better than your West. <laughs> yeah. Our best is better than your West. Midwest. It's the Midwest. And that wraps around the jersey in a yep. horizontal fashion. Yes. In little print. And it's little cow little cows. And it's sponsored by Joe West, longtime MLB umpire. Halftime performance by Shakira. Kanye, Shakira. Kanye West. Kanye. Kanye. We were looking for Kanye West. Thank you. Oh, much. I'm out. Dang. That's why I can't do game shows. That's <laughs> why you can't do game shows. We're going to head to a sponsor break, and after which we will be discussing the Euro 2020 fate, and mostly what we've seen so far. So not really the fate, what we've seen so far, all the info you need to know, exciting games so far, 
and we'll be back. If you live in an apartment and like to garden, but don't have a green thumb, call the Apartment Gardeners, LLC. Buy a subscription plan ranging from daily, three times a week, or once a week to get a quality gardener to come to your apartment unit and take care of your plants. For a one-time fee, the gardener can landscape your unit to make a wonderful garden bed for your favorite plants. Make sure not to mention this to your landlord as you may get in trouble. The garden bed will require removing some flooring to make the bed itself. So call them today and make your garden dreams come true. Apartment gardeners. Good for the world. I'd have to imagine this is very eco-friendly, yes? Yep. Yep, they sure are. They sure are. They're, it's It's actually a wonderful company. They hire just retirees who are 70, 65, 70 plus and uh, who just want to stay active and garden. They do it anywhere. Uh, does it accept like composting? Can you get composting in there? That's a an add-on service. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yep. They do that too. Delicious. I'm here for it. Are you thinking about compote? Like berry compote when you said it's delicious or you're actually thinking of compost? Didn't know there was a difference, Eli. <laughs> wow. You learn something okay. new every day, huh? You've probably learned a couple of things throughout this pod, it seems like. <laughs> that just might be the biggest one yet is the thing. <laughs> Food poisoning. <laughs> Poisons your brain. So you've, you've had this installed, I see, or now in your own place. Can you vouch for this? Personally, no, but I have recommended to 25 of my close, close friends. Uh, you know, 25 close friends. Is, I know. <laughs> uh, and they uh, they love it. They they just can't get enough of it. The employees are sweet. Uh, they really just want to chit chat. They're bored. <laughs> like they're just looking for some company, man. I'm telling you. And they 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 do some gardening work in the house. It's a nice twist. Real story. I was at someone's place recently who installed in their living room turf. They went to Home Depot and got some of that real turf living room stuff. So it's minus the the pellets, the turf pellets that you sometimes get. But otherwise, their living room floor is real turf. What do you think of that? How how much square footage are we talking? Small room. Small room? Like this kitchen? A little bigger. A little bigger. And... Um, and, I don't know how much it costs, but aesthetically, right. just experience-wise, if you're living in that that house, is that would that be cool to you or not so much? I think so. I wonder about the cleaning situation. I wonder how difficult that is to like. Do you do you vacuum it? Huh. Do you yeah, that's a good point. It, right. Like I don't know how you how you clean it, but otherwise, sounds I love it. I mean, especially for us soccer guys, I imagine. Sounds great. And also, if you want to do some putting, I'm sure a little putting green action. That's fun. You know who installed the turf? Uh, the gardeners? Apartment gardeners. There you go. They came in, they installed the turf. They, my friend wanted to do a normal living room, and they said, all right, that's lame. You're kinda, you seem kind of lame. How about we throw in some turf? Uh, and he said, all right, fine, because he didn't want to be considered lame. And now they have a turf living room. Heck yeah. So thank you, apartment gardeners. If you want to completely remodel your home, and make it more nature-centric. Now you know who to go to. And we have testimonials. Icy's friends, all 25 of them. Very close. 
Jones, how do you want to tackle Euro 2020? What a tournament so far. A lot of good games. Should we go group by group and then call out some players, call out some stories? What do you think is the best way to do this? So here's what I'm thinking we do, guys. I think we run through each of the groups and we just look over the groups and and talk about how we're feeling about those groups. What are some big storylines that we're appreciating from them or depreciating? Because that's the opposite of appreciating. Um, and then, and then I want some summary thoughts from you guys. I'm looking for who have been the biggest disappointments, which, which, which teams are, are really just underperforming, um, which teams are showing that, you you know what, they should probably be rated as a favorite. They look like they're a strong team. They have a good chance. Um, and then any new players that you didn't really know much about prior to this tournament. So let's just run through the groups because we can do this forever but let's do this relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, let's start with Group A. Eli, how are you feeling about Group A? It kind of played out how we predicted, and I know I see you did the breakdown on this group specifically before the tournament started and we were posting some of those helpful, informative videos. I think you might have predicted something similar, maybe not Wales second. I think that's the surprise of this group. Even though people know Gareth Bale, Wales as a team has never been such a powerhouse, such a big squad. And so, of course, Italy up top, their defense has been wonderful, as everyone has suspected. They haven't given up a goal yet. And as we record this, they are about to shut out Wales and win 1-0. Their defense has been great. They've poured in goals in each of their games, meaning they've won all of their games. No goals allowed. Goals four in every game. Makes sense that they're on top of the group handily. The middle is where what threw me off a bit. Like Wales in second, I did not expect. And not only has Bale played all right, but they've actually had good performances from Ramsey, from some of their midfielders. Danny James, bigger name. Um, he's done okay, but their defense has been very solid. Even though they haven't scored a ton of goals, their defense has been solid, and they find themselves in second. And I'm disappointed in Turkey, who sits in last, and I thought could actually make something happen in the group, come in second. Switzerland has done enough probably winning this last game over Turkey to make it out of the group. So I didn't think Wales would be so high. Italy on top makes sense. Disappointed in Turkey. All right, Icy, what are you what are you feeling about Group B? Group B, they've been a, f- a pretty fun group. You know, the big scare uh, with Christian Eriksen, uh, game one. You know, thank goodness he's doing all right now. Uh, Denmark, unfortunately, is looking like, uh, you know, they're in fourth right now. It doesn't look, they they definitely have a shot at still making it out of this group. Uh, I believe they've got Russia tomorrow. Yes, which would be a good game. Uh, I'm actually, I, I think they're going to win that game. So they, they definitely have a shot of making it out in that third place spot. Uh, Belgium looks great. I think Lukaku, who I don't watch too much since he plays in Syria, is just world class. So. Belgium is a big threat in this tournament. KDB is just, everyone knows him. He's unreal. Uh, an assist and a goal in the last game. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the race between Russia, Finland, Denmark, who gets that second, third spots, it'll be close. It'll be good. Uh, it'll be really fun. It's probably going to come down to goal differential. I think that's what they uh, divvy up. So, I mean, shoot, we could even see Finland uh, if they don't get blown out by Belgium, which we'll see. They could get that second spot. So it's really fun. 
Um, besides Belgium crushing it, the other three have have really good shots. I think at, at advancing. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about Belgium. Obviously, making it out of this, and I think we may talk about Belgium a little bit more when we're doing a little overview of how this entire tournament's playing out. Um, but Finland's been a, a fun surprise, and um, I I do hope that um, they can they can make it count in their game against Belgium. Maybe pull out a tie. Maybe Denmark can have their um, their their final you know last hurrah of the tournament and overcome Russia uh, and, and allows uh, then Finland to go kind of through to the next round. Um, but we will see. Speaking of C, how about we talk about group C Jones? Will you have any thoughts on that? Oh, that, that dad, dad applause clap. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, group C is your group with Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. Um, I think everyone in this chat, this is because that's what we are. We are a real chat had Ukraine being our, our not so dark horse top dog of this group. And they're still dangerous. They're still effective, but I don't think we appreciated just how talented or skilled Netherlands were, um, and how much athleticism they were rocking. Um, they are rolling through the group pretty handedly and, um, it doesn't look like they have any signs of slowing down. I think Netherlands are looking so hot that if they do pick up enough steam, they could be a uh, their own dark horse, if you will, in the in the knockout stages that no other team will really want to face. Um, that said, uh, Austria is in a is a very interesting proposition here. I think that they very much have a, have a good chance of squeaking out. Um, I'm not personally rooting too much for them after the likes of Arnautovic, who is uh, caught saying some pretty xenophobic slurs and then was banned from a game. So uh, you know. Not the whole team should be punished for that, but it's hard to color Austria in a, in a more positive light when those things kind of take place. So um, as it stands, uh, it's looking very promising for Netherlands, probably Ukraine going through too. Um, but, you know, got to leave it up to the last day. We'll see. That Netherlands-Ukraine game in their first first matchup of that group, the 3-2 game, Netherlands went up 2-0, Ukraine came back, tied it 2-2, Netherlands scored that header goal in the 86th minute. That was probably my most exciting game of the first round of group stage matches, and that that set, set the stage. I mean, it's a one-goal differentiator right now between Netherlands being clearly on top with six points and automatically ready to go through, and Ukraine fighting for that middle spot, even though they will likely go through. Uh, still a a uh, tight game, an exciting game now against Austria because they have been so evenly matched so far in their their other games. So I'm excited to see who goes through. Agreed, Netherlands could be could be an interesting one to watch going forward. Group D, you've got England, who you heard the most chatter about pre-tournament. I believe they were the pre-tournament favorites, four to one odds, which seemed really high to me because of England's history and their experience in tournaments like this in the past. And I think their fans felt the same way, a bit uneasy. Even as star-studded as their lineup is, they just haven't made it happen yet. And that's why you get the it's coming home chance and you get the excitement, the nervous energy coming from England fans. They won their first match against Croatia and then they drew nil-nil against Scotland. They just haven't been convincing with as much talent as they have. Of course, you're going to get questions asked of their manager, Gareth Southgate. Why is Sancho not played at all? Rashford is coming on as a sub when you're scoring one goal against Croatia and then zero goals against Scotland who yes packed it in defensively that was their approach to the game but Scotland succeeded in that and England couldn't find a way through so 
they are going to need Harry Kane to step up more. They are going to need some of those bigger names to either make it happen or bring in the other guys that are just as talented off the bench. And, uh, you know, the, the flip side is they haven't given up any goals yet. That's great. They will make it out of the group. They're already on four points. We'll see if they can have a more, you know, put together showing against Czech Republic and take some of that momentum into the next round. Anyways, enough about England. Czech Republic, the other team on top of the group right now, tied with four points, they've done their thing. They had that nice 2-0 win against Scotland, and then they drew Croatia. If you asked them before the tournament, they would have taken this and a loss against England any day of the week because they'll be through to the next round. Croatia is that team that made it to the World Cup finals, and everyone was looking to see whether they can continue doing as well, and they just haven't so far. So it's up to their more experienced veteran players now to get a result, get a result against Scotland in this last match and go through to the next round and see if they can salvage anything from this tournament. And then Scotland, I think their fans were rightfully excited to get that point against England. Yes, they are sitting tied for last in the group. They probably will not make it out of the group, but not so different than what we expected when we predicted this group. I think the the groups played out as expected. Czech Republic, good on them. Croatia, see if they can make something happen. And England has not lived up to expectations just yet. My one, my the one thing I'd say is that four points. If you're a third place team and you've got four points, you're sitting pretty well. So there's some hope for Scotland um, and Croatia at that for you know that four point third place advancement. So. It'll be fun to see to see what happens. On to Group E now, which has Sweden, Slovakia, Spain, and Poland. I have been quite disappointed with Spain, who have tied both their matches. Um, so they have two points, and they've got who are they playing next? Slovakia next, who I think have have done pretty well as a team that I didn't really have any expectations for in Slovakia. So they're sitting second. You know, they're looking like they, they will go through at this stage. Um, Sweden as well. I think, you know, without any, no Ibrahimovic, kind of the the star of the Swedish team, I wasn't expecting them to do very, very well. I thought Spain and Poland would kind of dominate this group. And those two are actually at the bottom of the tape of this group. So I think it'll be interesting last match um, for this entire group, Poland versus Sweden and Spain versus Slovakia. If Poland and Spain can get some results, could totally flip the the group on its head, uh, which is very possible. But you know, it I like I like that the underdogs are doing well in this group. Yeah, I mean, well put. I, I, this is of all the groups, this one definitely feels like the last day could rejigger everything. Um, Sweden's definitely been the most steady, and it feels like in a tournament like this, that's kind of what you need. You need to be um, head down plug and chug and you can survive um uh, and unfortunately spain's put themselves in a position where they actually really need to play out if they're gonna if they're gonna get themselves out of this um we'll see i'm excited it's exciting that poland has a chance too so this last day really means everything sweden just looking at the standing sweden has one goal and they have four points so they really are working some magic uh and i wonder if that's ever happened that a team if they don't score in their last match if a team with one goal has ever gone through near or on top of a group let's get let's get let's get tony on that one yeah he can be a stats dude too (laughs) um final group group f is the group of death rhymes with group f they didn't they don't 
let's think about that. Could group F always be the group death? And then when you have that, that, and then it just rhymes, it's something, something for us to chew on when we become um, league administrators. So uh, as it stands, you have France in first, Germany, second, Portugal, third, Hungary, and fourth. I think most people predicted a France, Portugal, one, two finish in the group. If not in that order, the other way around. Um, uh, and Germany was expected to kind of flounder. Germany has done quite the opposite, hammering Portugal in a four to two, very entertaining back and forth game uh, that has people, and not everyone, I think a, a friend of the pod, Grammar, uh, D. Grams, has been touting Germany's talent and, and perceived lack of talent as uh, being a, uh, a low key way for them to sneak in and, and do some damage. And, and so they're doing. Um, Hungary also managed to hold France to a one-to-one tie, which really, uh, made this a little bit more of an interesting, uh, roundabout as we enter this last final game. Is Hungary going to come back and, and, you know, ruin, ruin the party for, uh, who are they playing? They're playing Portugal in the last one. Germany. They're playing Germany. So it's a matter of, uh, Germany overcoming the, the staunch Hungarian defense and, and pulling through. Um, the other mathematics that we're weighing in is, uh, whoever finishes second, um, will be potentially facing, I think the, the second place team or the first place team from group D, which is the group with England and Scotland, Croatia and Czech Republic. So there's some, there's some chess being played here too. I think guys, I think there's some intent to, uh, try to maximize your, uh, competition in the next round, but we'll see. I don't think anyone's actually playing that game. Yeah, what do you what do you think of this group so far, AC? Yeah, I think it it actually produced the most enter- entertaining game of the tournament so far, which was the Germany versus Portugal match, which was 4-2, six goals. Love to see a scoreline like that. Germany came to play. Uh, it was it was very I very much liked that they were on the front foot attacking. I feel like a lot of games I've tuned into, it's been a little bit more uh, lethargic. It's been a little too much slow buildup. Am I talking about England? Maybe. Uh, but I just see so much of that. It's, you know, it really is sort of like, come on, send those diagonal balls, put the defense on their heels, attack. And uh, Germany came out, did that. Yes, they got two own goals. But I thought even though they were own goals uh, committed by Portugal, they were really good buildup positional plays from Germany. Well-deserved. Uh, Germany got a big result. Uh, fun back and forth match. I really, really enjoyed that one. I really want more games to be more open like this. And I think, you know, most fans would say the same thing. I want managers to, I want managers to really take risks and and tell their players to attack England. What are you doing? Come on. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, I, I, I I mentioned him all the time. Fofs are probably sick of me for mentioning, but Marcelo Bielsa, fantastic manager leads play fun soccer. It's because they attack so much. Do they get punished for it sometimes? Yes, they give up goals, but it's so entertaining. So I, I want to see more managers to to break out from this kind of late, you know, slow, slower pace game. It helps that a team like Germany has Müller, Nabry, Havertz up top. I love watching Havertz play for Germany because I don't know how much international experience he has, but he definitely wasn't playing at the last major tournaments for Germany because he's that young. So I would not believe that. Maybe it's true, but I still wouldn't believe it. And watching him play for Germany, picking up where he left off for Chelsea, becoming more dynamic, becoming more comfortable and creative up top and seeing now that German 
midfield, the experience of Cruz and Gundogan and some other players, Kimmich, who still is young, but has been playing on a great team in Bayern for a while, seeing Nabry and Havertz up top, uh, you know, Sané coming off the bench, like seeing those guys move the ball around is just exciting, like you said. So Germany's one of the teams that can do it. Are they one of my new favorites, assuming they beat Hungary and come out of the group? Yeah, maybe. With that kind of attacking prowess and if their their defense with some big names can can hold strong, they might be one of my new favorites. Them, Belgium has looked great, but I don't know if they're a new favorite. They do have a slightly easier group. And uh, I don't think any of the other big-name teams, aside from Italy, I will mention Italy is another one. Curious to hear who uh, who tops your new lists. I would uh, I'd have to agree with Italy. I think one thing in these tournaments, especially the Euros, um, I your your path your competition definitely plays a factor if you're playing relatively easier teams or teams you match up well against that certainly helps um there have been some teams in the past who were very small and surprised uh, the the continent with some really impressive displays um of some counterattack ball i think momentum wise italy is a team you have to be looking at you have to be worried about um, the last Italian team to win back in 2006, the World Cup, you had a similar situation where there was a team of like very talented guys that just weren't necessarily given as much credit as they were probably due. And so they kind of snuck under the radar and then picked up momentum and just rolled over the competition. Um, I would still put Belgium. I agree. Belgium is really balling out. Is it a weaker group? You know, and they're just flexing against the the weaklings, perhaps. But I think there's something to be said where they were down a goal in their last game and they still came back and pretty emphatically um, showed their might. Denmark is no, yes, without Ericsson, that 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 is that changes how they their complexion a little bit, but not that much more. Um, they're still a solid team, and, and the fact that um, Belgium were so dominant and just KDB top five player in the world. I'm still putting France in the mix. I think France is still that good of a team. Uh, they couldn't get it past Hungary, no, but um, I would still pick France over any other team head-to-head as they move forward. I see any any favorites for you? Yeah, I know I was kind of talking about about Italy could, you know, maybe being this kind of dark horse because they weren't getting a lot of press, at least in my opinion, and they're showing up. And so I think it's, it's deserved that they're being talked about a bit more. I think that they're a quality team scoring seven goals and not giving up any is huge. It, it does come to mind, you know, it once they do give up that first or second goal of the tournament, how will they respond? You know, going going on these streaks of not giving up goals can kind of mess up mess with mentality, I think, a little bit. So that'll be that'll be a big question mark for them going forward because when they start playing the better teams, they're going to give up a goal or two. So something to watch out for. I really like them, Belgium and Lukaku. I can't say enough about Lukaku. So impressive for his size. And again, partnered with KDB is just fantastic to, to watch. So they're super fun. And I'm going to shout out Germany. I, I really enjoyed their attacking play. Um, and to come out, I think if they come out in, look, if they win Group F, huge performance by them. That'll be massive for them going forward. And I think it will really boost their confidence. So um, I think they'll get out Germany of Group F. First place would be massive for them, and I think they could really do damage. I want to mention the fan aspect as well, because this is the first major tournament or any sort of competi- ongoing competition where I've seen, soccer-wise, where I've seen so many fans in stadiums, and in some places there's 
zero restrictions, which yes, still feels a bit weird, but in Budapest, you see completely packed stadiums. And then in London and Rome and maybe one or two of the others, there's still some capacity requirements, restrictions. Um, But just seeing fans, especially when you have home teams playing in their home countries, like when I think when Denmark was playing, maybe some other teams who've played at home and they score a goal, it just reminds you of that unmatched joy that fans coming together, being with other country country people uh, have when their team score. And it, it adds a whole nother element to the excitement, even when you're watching the games on TV or with other folks now that they're in, at least in the U.S., are a lot less restrictions. You can watch some of these games with other folks at bars and, and out and whatnot. That's a great point. And, and, and leads into, I think we could look at who's had home field advantage and has it's played in, into their own advantage. Um, speaking of the joy that, that that brings you, I think there's also been a little bit of sorrow as there have been some teams that have been a little disappointing this tournament. Um, I see. Are there a couple teams or any teams in particular that have disappointed you thus far? Yeah, Turkey, absolutely. I've covered Group A, just some pre-tournament analysis. And I thought Turkey, their qualifying matches, they were strong. They, I thought they had some momentum coming into this tournament. They finish the tournament after, you know, just now completing their third game with zero points, only one goal, eight, eight given up. Um, and I had, I had them finishing second in this group. So really uh, did not see that coming for Turkey. Big disappointment for them. Uh, besides that, though, oh, I should also, Spain and Poland are underperforming in my book. So those three are the, the big teams for me. That's fair. I would, uh, I'd also throw in, um, Croatia in the mix. I think it's not the biggest surprise for us. Um, I think, you know, they were clearly a team that's been aging and, and might not have the same spark that they did. They're also not the dark horse where people, where they could fly under the radar. Um, they were a known quantity and so people could prepare for them. Um, there's still a chance that they can make it out. There's a chance that they could still have a run that that's very much in the mix. But as it stands, they're definitely not looking like a top two team in the world, let alone maybe even top 10. Um, so we'll see. Time will tell. But I, I agree with, with your other takes. Eli, any others? If Portugal doesn't make it out of the group, which is possible because they're playing France in their last game. And we did. We had a couple of our previews had Portugal versus France. Which team do you like? Icy and I took Portugal. Jones, you took France. After that thrashing by Germany, at least just giving up four goals. Yes, they only lost by two, but giving up four goals. If France can just put a couple by them, assuming Germany beats Hungary and Portugal finishes on three points and isn't one of those third place teams to make it out, that would just be massively disappointing. Like the biggest, the biggest under, uh, you know, underperformance out of any teams. Yes, they have such a tough group. They have a really tough group. Um, but just with the talent they have in their squad, Ronaldo, anytime you have a player like Ronaldo and Ruben Diaz this year emerging, one of the best defensive players in the world, giving up four goals to Germany, to yeah, to Germany, if they don't make it out, that would just be a bummer. Because I do want to see Portugal play in the later rounds of this tournament and see them up against some of the, the biggest teams again to, to see their star players play. Maybe they'll squeak in as a third seed. Maybe they'll make some room. They could. For Portugal, they would. Bruno Fernandes. Uh, uh, Man City. Who else? Why am I blanking on his name? Jota, obviously, and uh, Bernardo Silva. That's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Just so many good players. Yeah. No, it's a talented team. That's really rig it. Rig it if we need to. I want to see them in the round of sixteen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm all for it. 
Um, guys, there have been a couple players that have popped up on my radar that I didn't, I maybe had heard of or hadn't whatsoever that have made a difference this tournament. And per usual, when you have an international tournament, um, a player or two like Hamas Rodriguez, as you all may recall from the uh, 2014 World Cup, I believe, where you stand out, you make an incredible performance, and suddenly your your value skyrockets, your known name, you get pulled into Real Madrid. I'm definitely a little more sensitive to this stuff. I, I, I focus, I fixate on the transfer market. So I've definitely been been trying to, to, to see who's kind of popping. Uh, Robin Gosens absolutely is one of those. He just had a massive game against um, Portugal. And as a wingback uh, that has scored, I think it's like something stupid, like 20-ish goals in, in the past season or two. Um, he's definitely someone you can imagine some bigger club out there would say, hey, let's let's pry this guy out from, and get squeeze it solid three or four years at a top four club in whatever country. Um, the other two names really quickly are Manuel Locatelli playing for Sassuolo who has scored in back-to-back games for Italy and is starting to prove himself as a very dangerous attacker, center attacking mid. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he made a move over to, if not a top Serie A club, um, maybe maybe hopping over to another league. Um, and then also Denzel Dumfries, who has just been an absolute monster for the Netherlands. He's only 25. Locatelli's 23. Um, Dumfries is currently playing for Eindhoven. Uh, I think... If he were to be prized, uh, prized away, it would cost a little bit of money, uh, as would any of these guys at this point. So I don't know if this um, this post-COVID world is actually going to see any changes, but they're definitely people who have proven that they, on the big stage, are big-name players. So much Euros action. We've been doing predictions on our Instagram pretty often for all the, the group stage games, and we've been, we've been challenging our FOFs in the story to vote. So if you're listening and haven't been doing that, check that out because we've gotten pretty good engagement and the Fofs are actually beating all of us right now in their record, which is a little embarrassing, but mostly we're happy for you because you know what you're talking about. And what that mostly means is that the favorites are winning games they should win and there haven't been that many draws because those are tougher to predict. So that's been exciting. And we're going to keep watching Euros, especially as we roll into the quarterfinals later this upcoming week. We're going to finish for now with a game. Jones, what are we playing today? Today we're playing Two Truths and a Lie. I appreciate this format. Thank you, Icy. Um, Let's see what you guys know about the Euros. Eli, we'll start with you first. Uh, Reminder, two truths, one lie. You tell me which one it is. Uh, The first Euro tournament was held in 1960. France have won two European championships. Serbia has only won one European championship. The first tournament was not held in 1960. I'm sorry. That was indeed correct. Serbia has never won a Euro. <laughs> Dang, I thought they would have been really good way back when, just because. They've been a runner-up before, but not, not one proper. Okay, Winter. Germany has placed in the top three six times. Russia has placed in the top three four times. Denmark has never won. Ooh, that's a good one. That's tough. I would say the Russia one is false. I'm sorry, but Denmark actually did win in 1992. Dang. Eli, Greece beat Portugal when they won in 2004. No one has won third place since 1984. 
Russia has only ever placed in the top three as the Soviet Union. Man, I should know the second one. That's just like a fo- you follow Euros and you know whether there's a third place game. <laughs> I just can't think right now. Euros. There definitely was a third place game. I think last, I forget who it was. I mean, Portugal won. I'll go with that one as the lie. Which one? That there hasn't been a third place game winner since whenever correct okay it was the nuance was the date yeah so the no one has won third place since 1984 the truth is 1980 which i knew (laughs) (laughs) oh my god what get out of here four years earlier so i could have everything i said i'm gonna just clip out and post and and i'm gonna plug in some stuff of me about like poet tales of 1980 and how what i remember about that year wow uh, I see. All right. So uh, this one, um, uh, in the third week of the fourth month after the second. Okay. So okay. Ready? Here we go. Um, <laughs> On the Israeli Jewish calendar. <laughs> okay. Uh, the last time that Portugal won was the year of the cat. Okay. No. So okay. Here. So 2016. Okay. This is legit. 2016 was the first year fielding 24 teams. Spain is the only team to repeat as champions, and England has never placed top three. Uh, first two are true. England falls. Well done, well done, boys. Nice. We they, each got uh, one. England did place top three in 1968, where they got third. Uh, it should be noted there were only four teams in that tournament. So pretty hard for them not to. You could have named that year, right, I see. <laughs> I could have, yes. John's digging way back in the historical archives of the Europeans championship. It was uh it was fun. It was fun to look into that stuff. I highly recommend spending some time on that Wikipedia page. Good, good, good content. We hope you had fun listening. And that's it for this week because we chatted a bunch about Euros. We'll probably cover it not as heavily, but definitely cover it in future episodes. We'll talk a little more MLS and WSL coming up as well, possibly even Copa America. See what happens there. And follow the socials if you haven't already because we got some exciting content coming out there. We'll see you next week. See you later. See you next week. Just be gone.